Hello everyone and welcome to this next episode in our business and human rights podcast series on the EU Legislative Initiative on Sustainable Corporate Governance. My name is Thierry Lomme. I am a senior counsel in the corporate and finance practice of our Brussels office. I'm joined today by my colleagues Elisa Sourmedis from our EU law and policy team and Guillaume Croissant from our dispute resolution practice. To start with, Elisa, could you please give us a brief overview of what has already been done at EU level? Thank you very much, Thierry. Hello, everybody. Sustainability is a key political priority for the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, and for her commission. Sustainability is at the forefront, I would say, of the EU policy and regulatory agenda and is expected to remain there for the months and years to come. In this context, the Commission wants to further embed sustainability, including human rights, which is one of its major components, into the corporate governance framework and is currently working on what is called the Sustainable Corporate Governance Initiative. In the Commission's own words, the aim of this initiative is to enable companies to focus on long-term sustainable value creation rather than short-term benefits. But let's take a step back. Traditionally, the work on responsible business practices was conducted at international level and focused on the development of voluntary guidelines for businesses. In the past years, the EU faced significant pressure from civil society for not moving quickly enough to implement international guidelines in the field, including the UN guiding principles on business and human rights. So the Commission took some action by introducing both sectoral legislation, for example, with the conflict minerals regulation or the timber regulation, and horizontal legislation with the so-called non-financial reporting directive, which is in place since 2014 and is actually expected to be reviewed early next year. Looking at existing regulation, it mainly comes with reporting obligations. Thierry, can you tell us more on those reporting obligations? Of course. Thank you, Elisa. I will focus on the directive of 2014 regarding the disclosure of non-financial information you just mentioned. This has indeed been a milestone in the field of ESG. The rules contained in the directive as transposed into the various national laws generally became applicable for the first time in relation to financial year 2017. As they currently stand, the rules apply to the so-called public interest entities, which include companies having securities listed on a regulated market, credit institutions and insurance companies, but only if they reach a certain size. The precise scope of application may differ country by country. It is mandatory for those companies to report annually on four topics. The first topic relates to social and employee matters. Then we have environmental matters. Third, the reporting must also cover human rights. Finally, companies must report on anti-corruption efforts. 
For each of those topics, the reporting must include the following. A description of the policies pursued by the company. The outcome of those policies, the principal risks and non-financial KPIs. Regarding the policies which I have just mentioned, the rules provide that when a company does not pursue policies in relation to one or more of the ESG topics, it must provide a clear and reasoned explanation for not doing so. Now, it has been a challenge for some companies to determine how exactly to do their reporting. The rules provide that companies are allowed to rely on national, EU or international frameworks to do their reporting. In some EU countries, doing so is even a requirement. Amongst the most widely used frameworks are, for example, the United Nations Guiding Principles on Business and Human Rights and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. On human rights specifically, the European Commission has indicated that companies should make disclosures on due diligence, as well as processes and arrangements implemented to prevent human rights abuses. This may include, for example, how a company's contracts with businesses in its supply chain deal with human rights issues. It may also cover how a company provides adequate remedy if human rights have been violated. In terms of controlling the information provided by the companies, the directive requires that the statutory auditor checks whether the non-financial information has been provided. In addition, member states may require that such information be verified by an independent assurance services provider. After this recap of the existing reporting rules, Elisa, can you please tell us more on which new measures are coming at EU level? In the beginning of this year, Didier Rendus, EU Commissioner for Justice, announced that the EU executive would propose mandatory due diligence for companies in 2021. This marks a real paradigm shift as it announces a move from incentivizing stakeholders to report to introducing duties for stakeholders. I would say it's a move from to report to to do. In preparation of the upcoming legislation, the EU Executive commissioned two studies, one on due diligence requirements through the supply chain and another one on director's duties. Building on these, in July 2020, the Commission published a roadmap on sustainable corporate governance. This roadmap suggests that upcoming legislation will be articulated around two main pillars. A first one, setting new rules for companies requiring them to introduce due diligence in their own operations, but also in their value chains as regards social and human rights, climate change and environment. And the second one, the second pillar, setting new rules on company directors so they can integrate wider interests into decisions, taking into account all stakeholders' interests, which are relevant for the long-term sustainability of the firm. And more recently, at the end of October, the Commission opened a public consultation to gather stakeholders' feedback on these topics. 
This is open until beginning of February 2021. And draft rules are now expected in Q2 2021. Once the draft rules are published in the form of a legislative proposal, it will still need to be analyzed and negotiated by the EU institutions before becoming binding EU law. Concretely speaking, this means that both the European Parliament and the Council of the EU will scrutinize and further amend the text before they agree on the final version. We can expect very intense debates between supporters of a soft law approach in the field and those in favor of, of introducing binding rules. In terms of timing, looking at the average time that negotiations of pieces of EU legislation take, the earliest we could see binding EU rules is beginning 2023. This is, of course, without taking into account potential delays to the process. It's worth mentioning that while waiting for the Commission to publish its proposal, the European Parliament is already extremely vocal on this topic and is currently working on two non-binding reports to present its view on this debate of high political significance. My colleague Guillaume will tell you a little more about it. Thank you, Elisa. I will indeed tell you more on what options are envisaged, subject to the obvious caveat that the proposal is still under discussions between the Commission, the Parliament and the Council uh, slash the Member States. In Germany, for instance, a legislative proposal on human rights mandatory due diligence has been frozen, awaiting the outcomes of the EU initiative. At this stage, uh, the most, I would say, advanced insights on what the new EU rules might be uh, are contained in two reports of the European Parliament's Committee on Legal Affairs. One of them was adopted by the Parliament's plenary session on 17 December 2020, and the other one should follow suit uh, early 2021. There is a clear push for robust uh, and broad rules from the European Parliament. Uh, rules which would be based on the UN guiding principles on business and human rights. But ultimately, the legislative proposal will be drawn up by the Commission. As you indicated, Elisa, uh, these new EU rules have two main angles, namely uh, director's duties and mandatory human rights due diligence. With respect to the first aspect, director's legal duties, the objective is to depart from what has been called as uh, a shareholder primary theory, uh, focusing on short-term returns for shareholders in favor of uh, the so-called stakeholder uh, uh, oriented theory, where directors should act in the long-term interest of the company and society as a whole, as well as that of employees uh, and other stakeholders. This requires that directors should put in place uh, sustainability strategies on climate change and the environment, uh, fair salary, gender equality, better integration of employees' rights, and so on. Now, uh, turning to the second aspect, so the human rights uh, due diligence. The European Parliament's draft report recommends a broad approach, which would cover all companies selling goods or providing services in the EU. It contemplates a requirement to undertake a risk assessment on whether the undertakings, operations, and business relationships cause or contribute to human rights, environmental, or governance risk. And if they do, uh, to prepare, consult on, and publish a due diligence strategy. 
The expectation is that the due diligence and the tools used by the company should be proportionate to its size and activities. For instance, uh, with respect to supplier contract terms or grievance mechanisms. Perhaps uh, most importantly, the recommendation makes clear that undertakings would be expected to remedy adverse impacts they cause or contribute to. In terms of enforcement, uh, undertakings should be held to account by affected persons in EU courts, and regulatory authorities of member states would also be granted specific powers. This is what we wanted to tell you uh, on this topic. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it informative. For those who would like further information, you can visit the dedicated section of our website where we have lots of resources on business and human rights. And of course, uh, you can listen to the other podcasts in this series. As always, if you would like to chat to the team, do reach out to one of us. <laughs>